0: welcome to in the oil patch presented by shale oil and gas business magazine and sponsored by steer in the oil patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas business and in your community every week our host kim Bilotto, along with me alvin bailey will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry you'll hear from industry experts elected officials and many more right here on in the oil patch Hi, welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, alongside your host, Kim Bilotto. Kim, what a great show today. We've got our resident expert, David Blackman, going to be on the show with us here in just a couple of minutes, and we'll be talking later in the show to Regina Mayer with KPMG. It's going to be a super show today, and we're going to end it with trivia, so listen closely throughout the whole show because the trivia question is going to be based on something that happens right here in the show today. With that, Kim, let's bring in our first guest. He's our resident oil and gas expert, David Blackman. Kim?
1: Thank you, Alvin. And today, we have back on the show our energy expert, David Blackman, who's with DB Energy Advisors. David, welcome back to In the Oil Patch.
2: Thanks. Happy to be here.
1: Well, you know, um, we've been discussing for quite some time some proposed changes that have been occurring uh, or looked at from the Sunset Commission, which will be reviewing the Texas Railroad Commission uh, this next session and voting on possibly some changes. So, um, first of all, the cycle happens, like, how many times does is it normal for the sunset? Yeah,
2: normally it's uh, supposed to happen every 12 years for every one of the state commissions, the Insurance Commission, the Land Commission, et cetera. They're all supposed to be subject to sunset review every 12 years.
1: Well, that's kind of strange because how many times have they been reviewed within the last five years?
2: Well, this will be the third time um, in the last four sessions. Uh, they were for their normal review. The Railroad Commission was up for its normal review in the 2011 session of the legislature. There was a big controversy that developed during that session. Uh, there was a very strong effort in, on the Senate side to change the makeup of the commission from three elected commissioners down to a single elected commissioner. And um, the House, at the same time, was set on retaining the same three commissioner setup, and so they were unable to reach a compromise. And at the end, they just kicked the can down the road, and uh, for two years, and decided to take it back up in the 2013 session. And then 2013 came around, uh, there was no big effort to change the makeup of the commission itself, but there was a controversy over where to. Should whether or not the the rail commission should retain its current authority to do contested case hearings. Uh, Whenever there's a contested case on a rate making or a permit, uh, the rail commission itself has a process by which it does the administrative hearings. And there again on the Senate side, there's a strong effort to move that over to the state office of administrative hearings. So, again, you got to the end of the session. There was no agreement on the sunset bill, and uh, they kicked the can down the road, this time for four years because they didn't want to have to deal with it again two years later. So here we are. It's four years later, and we're about to start the process again.
1: Well, David, once again, thank you for joining us this week uh, for In the Oil Patch radio show and um, being our resident expert on energy and policy And, you know, once again, I want to thank you for, uh, you know, coming on the show and talking to us about the importance of the Texas Railroad Commission itself and, of course, what it is facing due to uh, the Sunset Review Board. And I'm encouraging our listeners to get involved and get engaged in understanding more about it, contacting their local elected officials and letting them know how important the Texas Railroad Commission is to all of us, our jobs, uh, billions of dollars in taxes that are paid and royalty-right owners, that um, we really want to make sure that the Railroad Commission stays as the structure that we know it for the past hundred years needs to continue on and, you know, not tinker around with it too, too much because it could be harmful to the state overall. David, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us about the Texas Railroad Commission.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you, Kim, and thank you, David Blackman. It's always great to have our resonant expert on the show each and every week. And with that, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellato, and you know what? We'll be right back.
1: STEER is calling all oil and gas industry companies, contractors, and all community stakeholders to submit an entry or nominate a deserving company or organization for the fourth annual Eagle Ford Excellence Awards. The Eagle Ford Excellence Awards provides oil and gas companies, organizations, and their contractors an opportunity to be acknowledged for their efforts in preserving the environment, contributing to the companies in which they work and promote safety in and around the workplace. Submit your entry or nominee today. For more information and to nominate a company or organization, please email info at steer.com or visit steer.com slash EFEA.
0: Hey folks, join Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine in partnership with the Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation for the second annual State of Energy event. Shale Magazine and the CCREDC will welcome industry leaders, business and community stakeholders for a discussion on the current state of energy sectors that include exploration and production, LNG and refineries and the industry's future opportunities and challenges in a disruptive market. Our keynote speaker will be Karen Harbert, president and CEO of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's Institute for the 21st Century. We'll also have a special panel of speakers that you won't wanna miss. It's all happening on October 12, 2016 at the Omni Hotel in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. Doors open at 1115 and the speakers begin at 1130 a.m. So get your tickets at the CCREDC website, that's www.ccredc.com. Again, get your tickets at www.ccredc.com, and we look forward to seeing you there. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellato. Kim, great guest today, Regina Mayer. Regina's the Energy and Natural Resources National Sector Leader for KPMG. Take it away, Kim.
1: Well, thank you, Alvin. Today's guest is actually uh, the past immediate cover of the Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine, uh, Regina Mayer, who is with KPMG. Regina, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you, Kim. It's great to be here.
1: Well, you know, I'm so excited because, uh, one, you know, there's, there are a lot of women in oil and gas uh, in the industry. However, your position and your company, it's very unique in the sense that it basically is kind of a service company to an oil and gas uh, company, as opposed to being in actually directly oil and gas. And being a female, we had a great opportunity to interview you. And so I just really thought it would be so great to get you on our radio show to introduce you to our listeners and talk a little bit about what you're doing. So let's start with, tell me a little bit about KPMG and what do you do there?
3: Great. Thanks for that, Kim. KPMG, we're a full service professional services firm. We provide an array of different types of professional services across the oil and gas segment. That could be anything from financial statement auditing and a lot of very detailed accounting advice. It goes into tax services, both state and local tax for direct and indirect. It goes into income tax, preparation both for your employees as well as for your corporation, and it goes into things that you need to do for international tax reasons and even some advice around what's been happening recently with Brexit as, as an example. And then we go into a vast array of consulting types of services, which might end up being more discretionary, but If there's an M&A, a a merger and acquisition that's pending, or if um, there's a debt load restructuring, a corporate finance opportunity, you might be looking to buy an asset. You need to do the due diligence around that. We can provide that type of service. Or if you're looking at transforming your organization, redesigning your corporate strategy, redesigning your organizational structure to begin with, implementing a new set of technology that might underpin your business, we can provide support there as well. We have almost 200,000 people around the world that serve all industries, and with the energy sector, we are the second largest industry vertical within the KPMG structure, second only to our very large financial services partners. So full service, uh, professional services, very broad and deep across audit, tax, and advisory capabilities.
1: And and Regina though, you head up this entire department. So what what specifically is your job there with KPMG?
3: So my title is I'm the national sector leader for energy for KPMG. I've had that role for about a year. Energy for us is includes oil and gas companies. It includes power and utilities, chemicals, mining and renewables. And we'll serve all types of clients, both the very, very large, the global Fortune 10, uh, down to the very small. It could be pre-IPO, it could be a startup, uh, or it could be a family-owned business or a middle market business. And we are very deep in, I think that's one of the things that differentiates us, we really understand the industry drivers. Even within oil and gas, it's a very diverse set of companies. You have those companies that go and find and extract hydrocarbons in lots of different places. It could be the Permian Basin, or it could be the Arctic, or it could be East Africa. And we understand the challenges and drivers of all of those locations and what those upstream companies need to do. There then are the oil field services companies that provide support to the drillers and the producers in those areas of the world. All kinds of technical support, the equipment, the people – the services itself to go and find and extract those hydrocarbons. Uh, we work with the pipeline companies and the, the companies that move and distribute the hydrocarbons all over the country or all over the world, uh, shipping as well as uh, other means of transportation. And then we work with the downstream manufacturers, the gasoline manufacturers, the petrochemical providers, and the uh, LNG regasification and liquefaction providers. And our what's exciting about our practice, Kim, is that We have people that really understand all the different intricacies of the needs of those businesses and how we can help from an audit tax or an advisory perspective. And,
1: and, you know, I just, that is so important because, uh, you know, being involved in oil and gas as well, it is an extremely complicated uh, industry. And, And you might not necessarily think that just as a general rule, but it really is. And so having an expert company understand the, uh, you know, back, back office, if you will, really does make a difference. But, Regina, you're also very special in the sense that you have a very interesting personal story of, of where you have been. So tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, how you arrived at KPMG. What have you done in the past?
3: Well, thank you for that compliment, Kim. I really appreciate it. Uh, I am a Hawaii native. I was born and raised uh, in the state of Hawaii, and so, feel Hawaiian in the sense that a Texan might, someone from Texas is a Texan, or someone from California is a Californian. But my great grandmother was a Korean picture bride. And so, I'm a quarter Korean and spent uh, my formative years up until I was 18 and graduated from high school living in a multicultural, Somewhat Asian environment with my family and a very diverse uh, family uh, background. I then left Hawaii and I went to Cornell University, which anybody knows is is familiar with upstate New York. It's in Ithaca, New York, not an easy place to get to, and has some pretty intense winters. So I'd never seen snow until I was 18. And uh, I think the first time I saw frost, I thought it was fertilizer that was spread across the, the lawn. It was Fun while it was maybe fifty or sixty degrees, but once it got really cold and it snowed a lot, it was very, it was a very challenging. But I, I was privileged to have an Army ROTC scholarship at Cornell. Uh, my parents were both teachers at the time. It would have been very difficult for them to have afforded to send me there, but um, the U.S. Army had a great program that covered tuition, and uh, I learned a lot. I mean, it was a it was a rigorous program. You you take classes, you do your physical fitness training, you go to summer camps. Um, we did competitions, obstacle course types of competitions. Uh, one of my specialties was I was uh, very quick at taking apart and putting back together an M16. I became a, quite a good marksman. So it was terrific experience, taught me a lot about leadership and confidence. And one of the one of the privileged items I was able to do in the summer of 1987 was as a cadet to go to Fort Benning to attend Army paratrooper training and to jump out of an airplane five times.
0: Kim, Regina, great topic, and we do want to stay with us on the other side of the break, but that does mean we do need to take a break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bilotto, and our special guest today, Regina Mayer. We'll be right back. Oil-filled experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil-filled equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, magmag.com. Or you can call us 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, s h a l e mag, m a g.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- Two four zero seven one eight eight Again, 210 Welcome back, folks, to In the Oil Patch with Shale Magazine. My name is Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bilotto, visiting today with Regina Mayer, the Energy and Natural Resources National Sector Leader for KPMG. Kim.
1: So before the break, Regina, we were talking a little bit about your experience that led you up to being with KPMG um, as the leader of KPMG in the energy sector. So tell us a little bit about when you went to go visit Fort Bedding.
3: So that was a terrific experience, Kim, where I learned a lot about conquering my fears. I'm incredibly scared of heights. I was then. I'm even more so now. I actually still have nightmares about being forced to jump out of an airplane and I was one of the first ones to jump. I was the first one to jump in my group on the first jump, which was a, a very scary, but very confident building experience. Being in the military taught me a lot about what I wanted to do next with my life, and that was focus on government service and how we could make, help make government more effective for the people that government exists to serve. And I was inspired to move on after Cornell to get a master's degree in public policy. I was fortunate enough to be selected by Harvard University, and um, the Ronald Reagan was president at the time, and he was downsizing the military. So I was fortunate enough as a scholarship recipient to go straight into the U.S. Army Reserve and fulfill my commitment uh, through the reserves, which was a great experience because it allowed me to continue to devote my time and and positive energies toward the military while still pursuing things that I wanted to that I knew I wanted to do from a career perspective going forward. So, graduated from Harvard, decided then I wanted to go into consulting cuz I thought that would be a better way of being able to have an impact. Was a government consultant for a brief period of time in Washington DC, but in 1993, moved to Houston and that there began my my passion for the energy industry. My first client was Enron, uh, long before the troubles that it ended up having. And when it was really a, a pipeline company, but I learned a lot there. And then I moved to work with a Midwestern refining company and worked in a refinery in Eastern Kentucky for several years. Built a business transformation and a change management set of capabilities, and frankly, just a genuine respect, admiration, and love for all facets of the energy industry. That enabled me to, that passion and that desire to serve clients and that desire to continue to grow and learn about the great equipment that was producing hydrocarbons and refining it into gasoline led me to different leadership positions. And in 2006, I was fortunate enough to be asked to join KPMG and KPMG as a firm has just been terrific to me, given me lots of leadership opportunities, starting with running the oil and gas practice, then moving toward running Houston as a business unit for the consulting practice, and then growing into running all of advisory for energy nationally across oil and gas and power and utilities and chemicals and mining and renewables. And then finally, Uh, playing the role that I play today overseeing nationally the energy practice and playing a key leadership role on the energy global leadership team with specific responsibility for oil and gas and utilities in the Americas. But it all started with those first few projects back in 1993, and one of the things I really admire about the industry is the depth of its technical innovation, the talents of its people. And when you get to tour a drilling rig or you get to walk around a refinery or you get to walk around a nuclear facility, you get such an appreciation for the engineering know-how and the vastly complicated problems that these people have already solved to bring us one of the best resources that has enabled our society Uh, to be where we are today and that is energy right the fact that we can turn on the lights and plug in our iPads and drive to work I mean that is the power behind our society so it's been
1: terrific I couldn't agree with you more energy is directly responsible for making our lives so comfortable in modern society Regina we do have to take a real quick break but when we come back I want to get into some energy topics with you as well you are listening to in the oil patch radio show we will be right back
0: Hey folks, join Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine in partnership with the Corpus Christi Regional Economic Development Corporation for the second annual State of Energy event. Shale Magazine and the CCREDC will welcome industry leaders, business and community stakeholders for a discussion on the current state of energy sectors that include exploration and production, LNG and refineries and the industry's future opportunities and challenges in a disruptive market. Our keynote speaker will be Karen Harbert, President and CEO of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's Institute for the 21st Century. We'll also have a special panel of speakers that you won't want to miss. It's all happening on October 12, 2016 at the Omni Hotel in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. Doors open at 1115 and the speakers begin at 1130 AM, so get your tickets at the CCREDC website. That's www.ccredc.com. Again, get your tickets at
2: www.ccredc.com, and we look forward to seeing you there. Ever feel like you've hit a wall with your business? Like you haven't been able to turn the corner on a new avenue for your company? Well, Turning Point Strategies is here to help. Turning Point Strategies is for those startup companies or companies that have been doing very well, but maybe want to move to the next level or are at a turning point. They're looking to think outside the box, and that's where we come in. We provide those different strategies to help them turn the corner at that point where they need consulting services at turning point strategies we can not only help you turn the corner we will give you insight on how to prevent yourself from hitting another plateau we have helped a lot of different companies at many different levels succeed call us today at 210-227-5678 again that number is 210-227-5678 and visit our website turningpointstrategies.com again that's turningpointstrategies.com are you at your turning point and welcome back to in the oil patch
0: my name is alvin bailey alongside your host kim balado and our special guest today regina Mayer. kim take it away
1: regina before the break we were kind of you were telling us a little bit about your background and it just kind of appears to me that all of your past uh, experiences and your education has kind of been leading you up to uh, where you are right now
3: well it's always a big balance. I and the my big advice, I have 3 children, a 17-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son and a 7-year-old son. And I have always said that on any given day, you have to figure out what is the most important few things that you have to get done on that day. And sometimes the day is family first. Like today I, this morning I was standing in line at my daughter's high school ensuring that She got properly registered so that she can get the fast pass to pick up her schedule on this Wednesday, and she's going to be a senior in high school. Um, We also did college visits earlier this summer, and that was a terrific experience to take her and imagine what she's going to do. And as I was sharing with you, Kim, we've got a trip to uh, San Antonio this weekend with my seven-year-old, just he and I, for some mommy-son experiences. So how do you keep that all balanced? Well, maybe in the end you, you outsource a lot. Frankly, uh, I've got some terrific help at home that uh, we pay for, and she's a, a very important extension of our family. And then you you don't get it all done. You got, I've learned I, not to beat myself up. And that same set of pr- rigorous prioritization that I use with my family life, I use with work in terms of figuring out what is the most important thing I need to get done for work on this particular day and being absolutely relentless about how I manage my schedule and my time to get those important things done. And I have I have found that that is a key to success and that, in the end, I sort of refute this notion that we, quote, unquote, can have it all because on any given day you're not having it all, but you're prioritizing so that you figure out, in the, in the end, how do you have the right balance, a successful career and a happy family and a family that you feel like you are – a big part of, and that you're nurturing and, and helping to grow in the best possible way that you can. I am definitely not an Uber mom, <laughs> and I'm not going to be the one that makes homemade cookies. I I go for store bought, and I make sure that I go to as many school events as I can, but I don't go to all of them. And um, at the same time, you know, doing some exciting and terrific experiences uh, with with work, and and frankly the. The opportunity that you gave me, Kim, to, to be featured on the cover of your magazine and, and share my story. So I appreciate that and thank you for that. Well, you know,
1: I think the one of the most interesting things is as we see uh, the oil and gas companies really directly moving into diversity and especially exploring that women um, in executive levels are happening now and they're uh, – abundantly clear that they are moving more women into these uh executive roles uh you know it it is the uh women who set the example you uh, are one of them that really help inspire the young women that are coming out of uh you know graduate school or Thinking about embarking on a, a career in a very demanding field, energy leadership, and um, so you're a perfect role model, and so we're very, we were very proud and excited that you uh, agreed to give us your interview and let us tell your story. And now, Regina, I want to talk a little bit about energy and energy topics with you since uh, KPMG is a leader. You know, we've had such an up and down cycle with um, the Shell and the Shell revolution. And uh, worldwide, there's just been a lot of changes occurring in the energy industry. And so what do you think the biggest challenges are currently right now for the energy sector?
3: Well, clearly the commodity cycle, uh, the commodity price cycle that we're in is a, is an incredible challenge. In some cases, it's a very, it's a big positive. If you're a Utility, go back to Hawaii, and the story I was sharing earlier, I had the chance of hosting the president of Hawaiian Electric at our global energy conference. And for an island state that largely relies on power generation through burning crude oil, the fact that crude oil is down $60 is a good thing for the state of Hawaii, right? So, And for the Hawaii residents. So. It's not a universally negative impact. There are winners and losers in this commodity price cycle, but that is a big challenge. If you are on the down end, downward end of that cycle and your top line has just eroded by 60 plus percent, how do you radically reshape and resize your company to be profitable in that price environment? And how do you do it quickly and how do you do it in a sustainable way, not just throwing as much as you can overboard, but you're going to ultimately sink your boat because it can't continue to sail, how do you do that in a profitable manner? If you're on the beneficiary of the price cycle, how do you strengthen your competitive advantage? How do you grow? Are there assets that you want to buy? Are there adjacent industry areas that you might want to migrate into? What is your overall growth strategy going to be? And how do you continue to manage profitable growth for all of your stakeholders going forward? It's painful. It's absolutely heart-wrenchingly painful to resize quickly. But the successful companies are the ones that have have done it quickly and have figured out what their right talent management strategy is going to be so that they're retaining the folks that are going to be key to the future success. And they're figuring out how to manage getting the work done with perhaps fewer people and more uh, technology, or with a more flexible workforce through contract relationships or other sorts of temporary types of um, service provider relationships. But that's sing- single. That is the single biggest disruptive challenge facing the industry today, and it is the the, the fact that. Brent slash WTI that differential has collapsed, and that oil is trading between forty and fifty uh, versus over a hundred. It's changed the landscape of the industry dramatically.
0: Kim Regina, great topic, but we have run out of time for this segment, and we need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, alongside your host Kim Bellotto We'll be right back. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute, and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the k Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? and I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always gonna get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-480. Three six five six again, eight three zero four eight zero three six five six, or you can always email me, A Bailey at kaligauto.com. That's A Bayley, Bailey, B A I L E Y at Kalig, K A H L I G Auto A U T O dot com. I look forward to seeing you down the road.
1: And we're back within the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Regina Mayer, who is with KPMG. Regina, before the break, we were talking about just energy as a whole, the sector. But, you know, in the last five years, um, we've seen a surge of uh, the U.S. shell plays on North America. And it really has had some significant changes. Especially in uh, you know in North America, but also worldwide. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on how do you think that this has impacted uh, the global market, and what do you see going forward for the global markets with the shale plays occurring, or the shale revolution, if you will, that's occurring.
3: I think the shale revolution, Kim, has just been completely transformational, revolutionary across the whole global industry, and frankly, OPEC. Didn't, doesn't even know how to cope with what the U.S. producers are able to do. And it has had a major effect on crude oil prices, on natural gas prices, on LNG prices globally. When you look at how those trade flows will work and the, and the plentiful sources that the shale providers can provide, the thing that's become very interesting to watch is the fact that the U.S. is now the marginal producer or the, or the swing producer, and it's this notion that it's like a little bit of a spigot that we can turn off or turn back on. Now, admittedly, it's, it's not as easy as that, and candidly, I think the rest of the world, in particular OPEC, was quite surprised when the U.S. did not turn off production as quickly as they were working hard to drive the price down. But now that you see the prices at the $40, 50 level, I think that speaks really well of the potential for shale and, um, and some of the other U.S. onshore, call it conventional sources um, in, in very mature places like the Permian. The, those types of plays have the potential to be profitable on an ongoing basis at $40 crude and below. So the ones that are able to figure out how to be profitable within that price environment, uh, a lot of them will be U.S. onshore producers, will be the ones that continue to be successful regardless of what happens to the overall global commodity um, price
1: Well, Regina, that was very interesting. And do you kind of think, though, that like with the U.S. Shell, um, you know, the beginning of now, uh, the LNG starting to see the exporting occur to areas like Asia and the U.K., what further impacts do you anticipate Shell will have on the energy market?
3: So, Kim, you're right. You're definitely already seeing the effects of future U.S. LNG shipments affecting today's Asian LNG prices. So uh, a very real impact on global LNG economics. The other two areas that I see the shale revolution having a major impact are in the petrochemicals space and in uh, power generation. So given the low price of natural gas and the potential there – You've seen tons of investment in petrochemical facilities. Over $150 billion worth of uh, petrochemical facilities have been planned in the U.S. alone through the next decade. Now, whether or not all of that ends up getting built is questionable, but the the fact of those types of projects and the the plans that companies are putting in place speaks directly to what shale gas has provided. And then the uh, power generation, we've seen that – natural gas fire generation is up 19% in 2015 alone. Uh, and e- despite the, the carbon footprint, it's still a lower carbon uh, fuel option and frankly could be an intermediate step while we strengthen uh, renewable generation. And frankly, it's probably a better solution than nuclear given the, the high cost of delivering nuclear and uh, the challenges around the existing nuclear projects around the world around the US today. So the shale gas is definitely having an impact on power generation as coal fire generation shifts to gas fire generation. And if we can get more sensible about overall carbon emissions plans and footprints such that natural gas is an important element of that, I see that continuing to be a big beneficiary of the shale revolution
1: very interesting Regina I do want to thank you for being our guest today you've definitely uh, brought us up to speed on some of the more global issues that are occurring in, on energy and energy topics as a whole which doesn't just always include oil and gas but it also includes renewables and solar and so thank you for helping us to get a, the big picture of really what is on the horizon uh, what's coming in uh, the way of disruptors and I um, you know, there, I would like for you to leave us with telling us if we have somebody who's interested in learning more about KPMG or getting in contact with you or even looking up the Energy Outlook survey that you guys conducted, where can uh, our listeners go to to find more information on KPMG?
3: Well, thank you for that plug. www.kpmgglobalenergyinstitute.com, all one word. Become a member. We, we have a membership that's over 40,000 strong. And we offer terrific content, great access to insight, and that's a portal into the KPMG Global Energy team. I hope everybody listening takes the time to go sign up and become a part of our group.
1: Well, Regina, it was a pleasure having you on uh, as a guest today, and we look forward to having you hopefully back on here soon.
3: Thank you, Kim.
0: Regina Mayer, thank you so much for joining us, and your, your title is really a mouthful, the Energy and Natural Resources National Sector Leader for, well, wait a minute, we're going to use that for our trivia today. You get to be the topic of today's trivia question, Regina. Get your emails ready because you're going to want to be the first correct email to radio at shalemag.com. Again, that's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E magmag.com, and you'll win a $75 gift certificate to the beautiful and yummy Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. Here it is. Regina Mayer is the energy and natural resources national sector leader for what company? Again, be the first correct emailer. To radio at shale and you'll win yourself a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston. Kim, great show this week, but we do gotta go. Be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash in the oil patch radio show and on Twitter at ShaleMag. Until next week, folks, thanks for joining us. We enjoy having you with us each and every week. And until next week, adios.